All right, well, hey, we just finished up a series in Romans. My name's Tyler Harding, the lead pastor here at Antioch. And um, just, again, I love gathering with this family um, uh, because this is a family of God. And I don't know what your normal weekends are going to be like this summer. I guess the summers aren't really normal, but I would encourage you to make time to show up here on a Sunday morning to be with people. Um, I love the beach. I love the out-of-town getaways. But if you can make it back, there's something that God wants to do this summer in us as a people. We would encourage you to make church a priority uh, to not knock it down the list. All right? So school, you're out. If you're a student, you're out for school. That's great. But church is still happening year-round. All right? Uh, and so I would encourage you that families travel, uh, but then come back and be part of the family And uh, because we want you here. We want you to be part of this family uh, and uh, and. And we're hopeful that God's going to do incredible stuff this summer. So we just finished up a series called The Gospel of Power on Romans. And, and hopefully you're able to be part of that with us. We didn't go through the entire book of Romans. That would have taken a lot longer. Uh, but we did uh, uh, honor it with eight weeks. And, and hopefully you're encouraged by that. And then last week we had an amazing speaker. Her name's Ashley Hardy. That's my wife. Yep. She spoke last Sunday. And, um, and I just want to say when she preaches, man, just she brings the power. Uh, and so uh, if you didn't listen to it, uh, I can't command you to listen to it. Uh, but in good pastor terms, I strongly encourage you to uh, uh, listen to it. You can watch it on the app as well. So, um, you know, and, and as she shared last week, she really kind of unpacked this, this, this idea of, of this lifestyle of following Jesus and being filled by his spirit so then you can actually fulfill the great commission. Following Jesus, being filled by his spirit so then you can actually fulfill the great commission. And the great commission, we get that from Matthew chapter 28, Jesus sharing with his disciples, saying, go therefore and make disciples and all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And by the way, I'm gonna be with you, right? I need you to teach them everything I've commanded you. I'm gonna be with you always. And so we go with that attitude is exactly why we're sending people out to Southeast Asia this summer. We're going to make disciples, right? These 60 that just left for the whole summer, they're not going for three months of vacation, yeah. right? Where they're going, some people actually do go for vacation spots, but not with what they're doing, all right? They are bringing the gospel. They are praying for the sick. They are going into some hard places to bring the good news and the hope of Jesus because guess what? There is nothing on this planet that's actually going to heal the human race and heal nations outside of Jesus. Doesn't matter how much money, doesn't matter how much change happens, apart from Jesus' change, it's just not going to be long-lasting fruit, and that's what we're going for. So as she shared those last week, hopefully you were stirred again to say, you know what? My life matters. Like every day I get to choose to wake up and to say, I'm going to follow Jesus over following myself or following someone else. Hopefully you get to wake up and say, you know what? I need to be filled with this spirit because I don't want to do this whole thing out of my own strength. And hopefully you wake up and you say, you know what? I do have purpose today, yeah. right? And so just because you have a job that is not a missionary overseas somewhere doesn't mean you're not fulfilling the Great Commission, right? That's the greatest trick of the devil is actually make you think that your life is worthless and purposeless outside of maybe volunteering, you know, one hour a week or going on a mission trip. Well, now I'm really purposeful, but now back to a wasteful life, right? If you believe that, you've missed God's whole intention, which is for us to actually say every day there's an opportunity 
to fulfill the Great Commission in our space and in our location and with my neighborhood and at my job. And yes, people are getting a chance to do that this summer in a different location. But it doesn't mean they just saved up Great Commission time for the summer. (laughs) But that's what we think sometimes, don't we? We think, hey, when everything smooths out, then I can just be really Jesus-like for this week. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to rack up all my Great Commission points this week. That's not how it works. It is meant to be day in and day out. And if you don't live that way, we are encouraging you, challenging you to wake up to the kingdom and say, wait, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing. It's not just seasonal. So hopefully you got that last week. Well, in light of that, though, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for the next two weeks, all right? We're talking about who the Holy Spirit is today. We're talking about how he describes himself in the Bible. And then we're going to talk about what does he do next week, all right? So we're talking about who he is. Then we're talking about what does he do, all right? So if I don't get into what does he do, don't get mad at me. Just know I'm making you come back next week, okay? That's what great preachers do. There's always a hook. All right. So we're going for some Holy Spirit clarity because there can be some confusion and some misunderstanding about the role of the Holy Spirit. And if I'm guessing that in this room, all of us have experienced some confusion or some misunderstanding, or maybe you just didn't know, you were kind of ignorant. I don't know the Holy Spirit is. I know he's out there. I'm not really sure what he's about. I'm not anti. I'm not really pro. I'm just kind of neutral, right? And so we don't want to be neutral on the Holy Spirit, right? And so we don't want to be ignorant. We also don't want to be people saying, well, some person did something years ago, and that really offended me, and so now I'm like, I'm not on the Holy Spirit train. And it's like, well, the Holy Spirit wasn't the one who offended you. It was a person who was immature and trying to figure out life and probably mixing with some of their own brokenness, ended up doing something that actually wasn't a blessing, right? So when you trace it back, it's like, oh, the church didn't hurt me. Somebody, part of the church, a person who's hurting and broken actually hurt me, right? Yeah. So don't point the finger at the church and don't blame God because God's never wrong, Amen. right? And you'll always lose that argument. <laughs> now, for me, growing up, I did not know much about the Holy Spirit. Um, rarely had any teachings on him. Didn't know, really no one talked about him in our church context. And, um, but what I can remember is that he played a significant role in the Bible, Right, So where I went to church, we had lots of Bible stories, and I knew the Holy Spirit was all throughout the Bible. I just didn't think he was going to jump off the pages into like modern day. I just thought, he's really awesome in here, but I'm not really sure what it has to do with like out here. But man, we know these really cool stories of the Holy Spirit. And so I knew he was in the Gospels, and I knew he was in the book of Acts. I was like, wow, this Holy Spirit, there's something about it. But I didn't really know much. Well, so my extent of the Holy Spirit was pretty minimal, my understanding. Um, but then I worked at a summer camp called LLYC down in Lakey, Texas. It's population 100. Anyone from Lakey? Maybe. Oh, wait, close me. Okay, yeah. None of you are because there's 100 people from there. Um, Lakey, Texas, a great little town, kind of next to the Frio River. And I remember working there one summer, and, um, and there's this girl, Kelly. And Kelly was a staff member there. And, um, you know, I remember at the time, she had, uh, at one of our staff meetings in the morning, you know, one of the camp counselors, she said, hey, guys, um, I don't know if anybody wants to do this with me, but I just was praying this morning and felt like we should take the lunchtime today to pray and fast. 
to like not eat our lunch and just to go pray and fast for the campers. Now, up to, my, up to this point in my life, I'm not sure I'd ever had anyone talk about prayer and fasting or actually doing it. So here I am at camp, and I'm like, man, the camp food is awesome. I mean, at our camp, it was awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to give up lunch? I was like, okay, well, now this Kelly gal, she was real joyful. She was like an awesome counselor. All the kids loved her. She was servant-hearted. She was kind. Every, it's like she was everybody's friend. I'm thinking, okay, this gal's got something. So if she's into this prayer fasting thing for a day or for lunch, I'll do that, right? So I remember jumping in. Here I am in college, and I jump in to this lunchtime. There's about 15 other staff that showed up, and I don't think most of them had ever uh, fasted either for lunch. It's kind of new to us. And so there we were. We prayed. We fasted. And, you know, we got done with that, and there was something that kind of started happening to me. I was like, this is interesting. Like, it was almost like I had something over my eyes, and it was beginning to kind of lift, and I could kind of see some things. And I was like, this is strange. And this girl, Kelly's like really awesome and kind and joyful, and I'm like, okay. So I continued to kind of watch her. Well, I went throughout the summer. Fast forward, um, there I am in college, and I ended up meeting this beautiful gal down here. And so Ashley and I, we began dating, and I began showing up on the weekend to, to hang out with her up in Waco, and we would go to her church, and and, and I would experience some things. And I'm thinking, there's a lot of more joyful people around here. A lot of people kind of like Kelly was. And some people are kind of servant-hearted. And they're actually praying for me. Like, literally, if I can hear them praying, they, can I pray for you? And I grew up thinking you pray for me. Sure, I'll go back to my prayer closet that I don't really have, and I'll pray for you. <laughs> right? Uh, or, hey, I'll, I'll... It's like, no, we don't. We don't. It, if you're not going to pray right now, it is probably ain't going to happen for most of us. Right? We have good intentions, but the follow-through. But they were like, no, I'm praying right now. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, you know. And, and I was like, wow, this is, like, really powerful. And how'd you know that? And just, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so there I am dating Ashley, and I'm, and I'm falling in love with this gal, and I'm like, there's something about her. She's really enjoyful. And, like, she's probably the only, one of the only people in my life that actually really inspired me to, like, know Jesus more. And I was like, wow, I was a Christian, but now I, like, really want to be a Christian, you know? There's something about her. And then when you know it, in the midst of me dating her and hanging out, one day I see Kelly, and she goes to the same church. I'm like, Kelly, at, wait a second. And something started. I'm not too smart, but I started connecting the dots. So I'm like, what is going on with these gals? And she had talked about fasting like it was fun or something. And I'm thinking, what is going on? I mean, God made food for me to eat. I mean, not to look at it and not eat, right? And so in this journey, I'm thinking, okay, there's this, it's like Ashley had these same qualities, like kind, joyful, just servant-hearted. I mean, just always blessing people. People are, I'm like, what is going on? Where I kind of felt a little bit like Scrooge sometimes, kind of critical, a little judgmental, still Christian, but kind of like, just kind of grit my teeth sometimes, you know? And I wasn't seeing that. But you know what? What's encouraging is that even though I didn't have a whole lot of understanding of the Holy Spirit, I began to understand that that was kind of a missing piece for me in my life. As I began interacting with Kelly, and I'm like, there's something going on. Then some of Ashley's friends in her life group thinking, there's something here. Like, you guys have something that I'm not really sure I know much about. But you know, I wasn't too discouraged because I learned in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, there were some other significant people that didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit either. So Paul, he writes, um, uh, he, so, so Paul, he is in, uh, he's, he's in Ephesus, 
He approaches some people there. This is what it says in verse 2. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, inferring when you believed in Jesus? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I mean, guys, that was me. It's like, do you know what the Holy Spirit is like? Uh, not really. I mean, I know he's kind of part of the Trinity and stuff. I'm not really sure what he does or doesn't do. But, yeah, I mean, I felt kind of ignorant, you know. Some of you in this room may have felt that way. You may feel that way today. You're like, yeah, I'm not really sure about this Holy Spirit. So I was encouraged because some disciples in the early church didn't know about him, and that was okay. Right? So let me just say, you may not have much experience with the Holy Spirit. This may be kind of an uncomfortable topic, but it's okay because early disciples in the early church 2,000 years ago were in the same position. But it doesn't mean we have the excuse to not know him. Right? Just because you don't know him doesn't mean you're like, okay, I don't know him. No, no, no. Paul's saying, hey, guys, you need to know him. You need to know him. So we're going to look at some passages of Scripture today that, that, that describe the Holy Spirit to kind of give us a little better sense of him. But I want to start out with this, sharing a couple things. Number one is that God is three in one. Right? Do the math, right? It doesn't really, wait, how to do that math, right? Three, three in one. Um, he's called the Trinity or the Godhead is another way people describe him. He describes himself as we. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. This is the very first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. The first part says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now, who's he talking to? It was just God, right? It's like, oh, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all together talking about us and ours. Paul's last words in his second letter to the Corinthian church captured this idea perfectly in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? He kind of summarizes the Godhead partnership trinity right there. The grace of Jesus, the love of God, the fellowship of the Spirit. I would encourage you, memorize that little verse. It's going to give you uh, an understanding of, oh, this is how they work together. Let me share a few illustrations here um, to help us understand the trinity or the Godhead, all right, and how this all works together. There are three parts to the sun, right, to the sun that provides us heat and light, right? Heat rays light rays, and chemical rays. Heat rays, light rays, and chemical rays. Heat rays are felt and not seen. Light rays are seen but not felt. Chemical rays have an effect, though they are not seen nor felt. When you put all three together, we have sunshine, right? Three ways and one light. Without one aspect, we would have no sunlight. You take away the chemical, you got nothing. You take it You've got to have all three working together, actually, to produce sunshine. Without sunshine, we're all freezing in and out, right? More or less. All right, let's talk about the universe. We're going to stay on this kind of uh, uh, topic. Let's talk about the universe. Anyone know what the word uni means? One. All right, so universe, one. Yet the universe is made up of three things. Hold on a second, right? It's made up of space. Time and matter. Space, time, and matter. Take away any one of these components, 
and you no longer have the universe. So if you can see the pattern here, and by the way, God created all of this. He leaves clues for us throughout creation just, you know, to describe himself. If you're wondering, hey, man, what is God like? Just start looking around and thinking about it like, wait, wait, he's everywhere. His fingerprints are like in everything. And even as we think we get smarter as humans, right, and like, oh, we're technology and science, the deeper we go, the more we find him. God's actually not less known. It's actually the more discoveries we make, we're like, wait a second. How is that even possible? We dug way too deep. Let's back out. We don't know what to do with this, right? But God is everywhere because he created us. He created the heavens and the earth. Therefore, he is seen. Now, the Holy Spirit is not the junior partner of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not the junior partner of the Godhead. So if you're hearing me say that and you're like, ooh, I've treated him like he's like on the JV God team. (laughs) Make an asterisk and say, repent later for treating the Holy Spirit like he's on the JV. And I'm serious. I'm so serious. You do not want to walk out of here. Oh, I love God. Jesus, of course. Holy Spirit, I don't know. You are dissing him. When you diss him, that ain't good because he's God. By the way, he's not the junior partner of the Godhead. Now, let me make this point a little clearer. The church was experiencing great generosity back in the book of Acts. And some people were selling their fields, giving all the possessions and stuff away to the apostles. They would come lay at their feet. And so one couple decided to join in on the action. You know how that goes. Man, there's like a movement going on. This is exciting. Let's jump in, but only with one foot right? But let's make it look like we're part of the big generosity party. So their names, you may be familiar, Ananias and Sapphira. So they show up and they got their stuff. They're like, hey, guess what, guys? Here's all of our stuff. They're like, even though we're holding back some, but hey, here you go. High-fiving. I'm sure they walked in high-fiving, like, uh, just kind of bouncing in. Here you go, apostles. We're part of the party, right? But then what happens? Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? Who do you lie to? The Holy Spirit. Hmm, Okay. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to... But he just said, though, filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. So Peter, in it changeably, right here, Peter is saying, who, by the way, walked to Jesus pretty close in a circle. That's about as close as it gets in all of human history. I think Peter would probably be like the quintessential right-hand guy of Jesus, right? He kind of understands theology probably more than all of us because he kind of walked with the Son of God. He got a lot of interaction, okay? So he's using Holy Spirit and God interchangeably right here, saying you lied to them. And what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? They died. Because it's a big deal. Like, that's the point of the story. It's like, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't treat him as a junior partner of the Godhead. And if you do, it's not going to be good for you, right? So if anyone's lying to the Holy Spirit, you can repent by the blood of Jesus and you will live, all right? John 16, when, uh, in verse 13 through 14, 
when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is that saying? He is present. He is the expresser of God on earth. He is the administration of God on earth. God is speaking by his Holy Spirit. So when you hear someone say, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear God about this. I want to pray and see God. What they're really saying is that the Spirit of God is actually the one that they are able to hear from in order to hear the voice of God. It's this, it's this relationship where we're walking by the Spirit. We know God through his voice. That is what God has done with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said when he ascended to go up to be the right hand of the Father, he said, guys, guess what? Don't be nervous. I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send my Spirit to you to be with you. I'm limited by time and space as Jesus. But guess what? The Spirit of God is not. He can be with you, all believers, all the time. You can have access. You can have relationship. That's why it's so important we understand the Holy Spirit. He is leading us into all truths, right? He's leading us. Um, and, and, and we want to be a people that actually hear and understand the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a, a, an illustration. Uh, a couple of years ago, Ashley and I had just an amazing opportunity to go to Europe and we spent some time in Rome and did a little bit of sightseeing, right? Now, we knew ahead of time, we could have signed up for one of the guided tours, which are cool, um, but we didn't really want to, this particular day, to go walk around St. Peter's um, with a guided tour of 30 people and a lady waving a sign at us and yelling at us. We don't want that, all right? And so, we decided to pull out our phones and download Rick Steves' app. All right, if you don't know Rick Steves, that means you're under 30, <laughs> Rick Steves, he's like this famous PBS worldwide traveler guy. He's a little quirky, but I love that guy. He's all over the place. So Rick has developed a business, and he's actually gone to like everywhere you can imagine in Europe, and he's actually done these like guided tours, just audio tours. And so we, he literally has like an hour-long one for St. Peter's. So we downloaded the app, Ash and I both. We got our phones. We downloaded it. We're like, three, two, one, play, you know? Totally dorks, all right? So we're walking around. So we got our little earbuds in, and we're walking around, and we're like, ooh, yeah, you know, and people are watching us, and, you know, because they don't really know what we're doing. You got the guided tours, and they're talking, but we're just kind of listening, like, ooh, that's, a, that's amazing, you know, talking to ourselves. So we looked a little silly, you know, to be quite honest. Um, we didn't care, because we're in Italy. We don't know these people. And so we're walking around, we're listening to this tour. Rick's kind of giving us insight. He's like, this means this, and this painting was done at this time, and this deal, this is what, what the significance, it was so cool, it was fascinating. It was like, we were getting insider information from Rick Steve in our ears, just right here. We were the only people who could hear it, right? Everybody else is just hoping to get this lady's best deal, but we're listening here. But, you know, it's a bit distracting at times because you've got some of these guided tours, and they're, like, talking. You have, like, turn your volume up, you know? And so they're like, well, this and this. I'm like, I'm not on that part. You know, I'm over here. And so it was a little distracting here the people, but the point was this. We were walking around getting a guided tour a lot of factual, really cool insider stuff from Rick Steve. But we looked a little strange because of the way that we were listening and doing the tour. We didn't look like everybody else. And it was a bit distracting at times to have other voices and other comments. What we really wanted to hear was just Rick. That's all we wanted. We just wanted to hear Rick's voice. I don't want everybody else's voice or opinions. Or, oh, that's exciting. I don't want to hear about that. I just want to hear his voice. Because Rick actually knows what he's talking about. 
Rick would actually be considered an expert in his field of guided tours for people like me. The Holy Spirit is the expert. He is guiding you. He's giving you a guided tour through life. If you will listen to him, instead of all the other voices and all the other people's ideas who are non-experts, who are just there, for, then you will have such a more simple understanding and more peace in your life walking, listening to him. That's what it's like. When you're listening to the Holy Spirit, it is, he's giving you a guided tour. What do I do with this? I don't know. Have you asked the Holy Spirit? No. Ask him. Okay, I know what to do now. I mean, it's that simple, guys. Listen, I'm not talking about a writing on the wall. So some of us are like, how do you hear God? How do you hear God? Remember, God made you, right? Like, he created you. He actually created all the ins and outs of you. So by design, he actually made you capable to actually hear him. And he said, I'm going to send my spirit so you can hear. So what's that look like? Literally, for me sometimes, it'll just be, I'm just going to close my eyes. All right, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now, this prayer, I'm asking, would you show me what to do with my kids right now? Okay, and I'll close my eyes just to focus, say, what do, you, what do you got for me? And I'll try to quiet my mind, and I, literally in 10 or 20 seconds, just clear the space. Okay, God, is there something? Is there a word or a scripture reminding me of or some sort of phrase or an image or something or memory? And, and, I'll just kinda, and what I do, honestly, just by faith, I'm not always accurate, obviously, because I hear in part. I'm like, I don't know. I think that's it. But by faith, I step out of that. Right? And so, and just, just a little bit of a grid, if you ever ask the Holy Spirit for something, and you feel like you're hearing something that contradicts the Bible, you can just toss it out. Because yeah. the Spirit of God is not going to contradict the Word of God. Exactly. Okay? So, like, that's actually your buffer. So, you don't be nervous, like, oh, what's it going to say? It's going to say, hurt that person. No, he's not going to say that. <laughs> you know? Take all the money. No, he's not going to say that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there are some, like, backstops. Yeah. Okay? Yell at the top of your lung to that kid. No, he's not going to say that. That's your flesh and sin being like, do that. And they're like, no, 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 that's not him. Okay? That's how you understand the voice of God. It's lines with the Word of God. He does not contradict himself. He is not hypocritical. He is not two-faced. He does not change. His nature is the same. He is consistent. Always has been. Now, you may hear something a little differently that may be interpreted one way or another, but I want you to know you can trust the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The only way to start is just by trying. Amen. Like riding a bike. When I first tried to hear God, I was like, what am I doing? I'd like hide from people, but like, Holy Spirit, help me out here. I don't want anyone to know that I'm asking you anything, but what, do I do my hands like this? Or pockets? Don't be cool. Just relax, sit down, should I close my eyes, look up. Is that, is that, is that a factor? You know? And I was like, wait a second. I'm, I'm an idiot. What am I doing here? Just, just ask him. He's a person. He's not an it. Oh, how do you talk to a person? No, you don't. Awkward. Dude, I'm right here. Talk to me. It's like, oh, all right. Holy Spirit, you're right here. Okay. Hey, what should you do with my kids? Maybe tell them you're sorry. Oh, that's, that's biblical. Okay. Guys. Oh, by the way, humble yourself. Okay. All right. Dad's sorry. And it's like, oh, breakthrough. Oh, thanks. You know, it's, that's how it works. You don't have to be religious and Pharisee-like, which is, remember, the rule book of a thousand and one things to do as a parent. That's so exhausting. I mean, I don't have a thousand and one things to do as a parent. I have the Holy Spirit who's like, do this now. Or don't do that. 
That's how you live a spirit-filled life. You walk by the spirit because he's like, hey, I'm going to lead you and guide you into all truths, right? Therefore, just ask me and let me lead you. And then you stop feeling all religious and weird about it. And so please don't say the Christian life is rules-based. If it's rules-based, that's non-Holy Spirit-based. Right? So if you're a Christian and you live by just a set of rules and morality and that's all you've gotten to, what you're saying is I'm living by the old way. I'm living by the law, not living by the Spirit. Because the Spirit, by the way, doesn't contradict the law. It actually confirms it. But just takes us to a deeper place. All right, so let's talk about a few passages here that describe the Holy Spirit here. All right, we've got to move along now. Okay, here we go. He's described as a dove, as a dove. Matthew 3, 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. Why did God choose a dove? The dove is known as a bird of peace, right? The bird of peace. The Spirit of God lives within you. And I want to encourage us that when, when, the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it doesn't say that he left him. It doesn't say that he left him. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, comes inside you to be with you, then he's not leaving you. He's here to live with you, to dwell with you. Ephesians 4, 29 through 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits for the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, why do I read that passage? Because I want you to understand something. That I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit, he is with you. Even though there are times when we have grieved the Holy Spirit personally. But does that mean that that dove flies away? No. No. Let me give you an illustration. Let's talk about marriage for a moment. Um, You can be married to someone in the covenant of marriage. And you can actually live in the same house but not be in a relationship, right? Has anyone ever heard of a marriage like that, right? They're actually all over, right? And, 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 and I'll be honest, there's times where Ashley and I have had so much friction, we haven't been able to resolve it. And, and so we're in this awkward place of like, we're living under the same roof. We're both married, but we're not acting like we're in a relationship right now. We're acting as managing partners of a household, right? So, you can actually choose the relationship dynamics between you and the Holy Spirit, right? But he's not leaving. It just means that you're kind of giving him the stiff arm. Yeah. So when you grieve him, it's like, what's the way to come back? I humble yourself. I'm so sorry. I repent. I change. Lord, please speak to me. And allow him to speak to you again and take a step again, right? That's what it means. So when you grieve, just like in a relationship, when you grieve someone, when you offend someone, guess what? What do you do? How do you mend that? You go humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? It's the same relationship. He's described as fire. Matthew 3, 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, we'll get more into that next week, but I want to give you a little example. Fire cleanses and fire is power. Fire cleanses, and fire is power. The very first year of our ADS class, Antioch Discipleship School that we had, it was a smaller class, 10, 11 students, and we had a speaker come in one night. And it was, you know, kind of at the end of the first year of us planting this church, and it was tiring, and we were worn out, and a lot of these people in the class were part of that journey. And he came tonight, and at the end of his talk, he said, you know what? I just sense that what God's saying is there needs to be a cleansing tonight. 
He says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put on some music, and we're just going to allow God to cleanse us. And we don't even know what that meant, but what ended up happening in the next 20, 30 minutes was us just laying down, resting, I mean, almost falling asleep. Like the peace of God entered the room, but it, it was fire. It was just a cleansing, peaceful fire. And if you're in that room that night, you know what that was. You're like, wow, I don't know what this is. But God literally showed up and said, everybody, rest, chill out, and let me cleanse you. But then, after that happened, things changed. After he had cleansed us, then he wanted to put fire on us for power. I can't really describe to you events, but let's just say when the Holy Spirit showed up and just said, I'm going to have my way, and I want you guys to know that I love you, I'm going to put power on you, crazy stuff can happen. And so crazy stuff did happen. And to this day, I still remember and even laugh about it, like, wow, that was one of those, like, we are certainly not in control. God's in control, right? But he came in power and met us in a powerful way. He's described as wind. John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In January 2010, there was an earthquake that hit Haiti. It devastated the nation. I think the estimates still were somewhere between 200 and 300,000 people lost their lives. And it was, it was devastating, probably the most devastating event that ever happened in the Western Hemisphere. And um, Antioch community churches all over the country rallied together and started sending teams every week. Teams of doctors, nurses, of counselors, of pastors, teams of people just coming to serve and volunteer. And we finally sent a team about seven months after the fact because they'd established kind of some different things and we were going in to be part of it. So we grabbed, I don't know, 10 or 12 people said, hey, you want to come? Let's go. We gave them like a week's notice, got our passports, bought tickets and went to Haiti. It was wild. And we went and we were only on the ground for like four or five days. And so our mission was to actually uh, establish a church plant, a little house church in four or five days. An impossible task, but that was our goal. And so we showed up and we went to this, to this soccer stadium because many of the people were so fearful of living, living underneath anything covered because the rubble, every house was made of concrete and CME blocks and they all collapsed. That's why so many people died because the collapsing of every building just crushed people. So people were so scared. They did not want to be underneath any buildings. So they lived in tents. Literally, it was a nation of a couple million people living underneath tarps and tents that were donated from different nations all over the world. So, and they moved into different places, like a soccer stadium. So there was a tent city and a soccer stadium in this town, and we went there every day just to go share the gospel and try to meet with people and bless people. Well, it was an amazing time, but, you know, towards the end of our time, the very last day we were there, God showed up. And I want to read for you. I actually found this email from Laurie, uh, Laurie Goodwin. She was with us at the time. She's now down in Houston. She's on our team, and she was kind of our team admin, and she wrote this email, and I found it describing our final day there, all right? This is what she said back in 2010. Yesterday, we went to the stadium again, and we went through the discipleship lessons with our key leaders. During the discipleship lesson, literal revival broke out. The presence of God was so thick that everyone in the room started weeping uncontrollably and repenting. There was four Haitian women plus three of us. Then the church service spontaneously started, and we had at least 20 gathered again. Very powerful. Elizabeth, one of the Haitian leaders, led the group. She did a great job. Many were touched by the power of God. A woman had a nail wound in her foot and was on crutches. We prayed, and she was healed instantly. She could walk perfectly, and the hole in her foot was gone. A boy was healed of a very high fever. Many others were touched in power. The team is great. Everyone is so cheerful and serving each other so well. We had at least an hour of encouragement time last night. Such a great group. Amazing. Nothing is impossible with our God. 
Isn't that encouraging? Doesn't that sound like the Holy Spirit's in control? Spontaneous church service, nail wounds being healed up in seconds, high fevers going away, people repenting and weeping. It was celebratory and it was crazy. And that tent was hot and sweaty, nothing comfortable about it. It was loud and there was snot and there was weeping, but it was the most encouraging, rewarding experience. And for that 30 minutes, it was like everything else stood still and just God showed up and rushed into that tent. It was awesome. I wish you all could have been there. But God's doing that today. He's doing that all over the earth. He's wanting to do it here. Not just this building. I don't mean that. I just mean this city. He wants to rush in when you're not expecting it. Because there's hunger. There's repentance. A couple more. He's described as water. John 7, 38. Who believes in me? As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Right? See, when you come to Jesus to, for a drink, you don't just get a simple drink. Why? Because he's the well. Like, you continually get to drink from the well. He's the spring. He's the fountain. Rivers flow because the river maker is in you. Right? That is what is talking about. He's described as water. The Spirit of God is his continuous flow in us and out of us. He's described as wine, Ephesians 5, 18, 19. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Now look, if you actually see that happening, it looks a little weird, right? You're like, wow, are we just singing, hello, how are you, bless you? You're like, that's a little, when you start thinking about it, you're like, wow, is that, is that okay? But you know, like I said earlier, when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to take the lead, it doesn't always look cool and hip. Because he's not really concerned about being cool and hip, by the way. He's concerned about being the Spirit of God. Right? And so it may look a little strange, but man, when people are encouraged, when they're built up, let me just tell you, you can always test if it's the Spirit of God by this. Is there good, godly fruit? Maybe a little, maybe a lot. Is there fruit? Is there good fruit that's honoring God? If that's the case, then there's something in it for God. All right, we're going to wrap up our time today, and um, I'm going to ask the band to come on up, and let's go and stand. Um, if we've got our prayer team, some of our life group leaders, make a way up here if you would. I just want to share one, one last thought. Um, you know, next week we're going to talk more about who, what does the Holy Spirit do. Um, but, you know, sometimes we can get distracted by different experiences that we've had. And it can maybe hinder us from maybe stepping closer. And my heart today is that all of us would be reminded again of, okay, the Holy Spirit, he's a person, right? He's part of the Godhead. Like without him, God's actually not complete. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And, and the, the encouragement for us today is to really create that sense of hunger again. And I just felt as I was preparing, there's, there's, there's kind of three groups in the room today. Gr- group one may be um, that, um, you know, you, you may just be hearing about uh, the Holy Spirit for the first time. You may be like me a little bit, like, I don't really have B for an issue. I just don't know much. And, and, if, and if you're here and you're realizing, hey, wow, he's actually present here. He's now, like, he's available. Like, this is something that allows me to really interact with God in a new and fresh way. Um, then there's an invitation for you today just to take a step. Just to take a step. And that may be coming up here having someone just pray with you or, or just in your own heart, just to take a step. Say, yes, Holy Spirit, I actually want you in my life. 
I want to experience you. I don't really know what it all looks like. I want to be able to hear from you. I want to be able to walk with you. But for others in the room, you may be um, reminded of who he is in just a fresh way today because of the business of life or responsibilities or where you are right now, you may be thinking, you know what? I really used to like walk with the Holy Spirit, but now I've kind of like just considered he's like over here and I just kind of go every once in a while. But I haven't really realized again that he's actually with me, walking a step with me today. He, he's that dove that came on my shoulder and he hadn't left. Maybe you just need that fresh encouragement today to say, hold on, I already had the Holy Spirit. I just need to be reminded of that and to live out in that way. You may be thinking back to a time of when you were really passionate for God. You're like, man, I was really encouraging people and hearing from God, but that kind of, that was back then. I just feel like God wants to reinvigorate you. And then the, just, just the third group would be um, that you're affirmed today. You're saying, man, I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. Yes, this is happening in my life. And even for you, there's another step. There's a place of hunger. We always, you know, God always comes and meets the hungry. Even at the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, he always is drawn to those who are hungry, hungry for healing, hungry for food, hungry for purpose, for life. And so if you are hungry, he's still the same. If you're hungry for more, we want to invite you up just to come this morning. So I'm just going to pray for us. And if you want to come up and just ask one of these guys, hey, just pray for me. I just want a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit. I just want to be encouraged again. Or, you know, I don't really know what to do. I just want to get started. That's okay. Wherever you are, God is an invitational God. He loves inviting you to the banqueting table and say, hey, would you come and dine with me? Just come hang out with me now. Would you come and walk with me? So I'm going to pray for us. Just encourage you to come up during this song. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. And Jesus, we thank you for sending your spirit. We thank you that you've ascended to the right hand of the Father and you said, I'm going to send my helper. You're not going to be alone. I can be with you always. And so, Lord, we just, we just open up our arms again this morning, open up our minds. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and meet with us. Lord, we want to take a step. We want to take a step towards you. You're there. You're present. You're here with us. Let us take a step in drawing nearer to you so that we can experience the fullness of life you meant for us to have, which is walking in relationship with you day in and day out by your spirit, we pray.